Hello, my name is Melanie Clark, and this is the podcast where I give my shiny two cents about life, love, and all of the above. You are now tuned in to Vodka Melonade. Let me pour you a glass. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Vodka Melonade. So, I finally saw Barbie. Saw the Barbie movie, guys. I actually saw it twice, and I'll get to that in a sec. So, (laughs) I saw the movie for the first time this past Sunday with my friend Tanya. Shout out to Tanya. We had a blast. We went to this new dine-in movie theater called Sinopolis. Um, I guess the brand Sinopolis isn't necessarily new, but this is a new location in Inglewood. And it's like brand new, literally maybe a month old at this point. So of course it was super duper clean, super nice. The staff was super helpful. Everybody's, you know, happy to have a job, (laughs) you know? So that was cool. I'd be interested to see how the movie theater kind of changes as time goes on I hope it stays like that um, you go in there's a lot of seating they have a bar um, you can either get your food and your drinks and then take it inside obviously or you can um, you know take get your order taken when you sit down at your seats so I'd never been to a dine-in movie theater before so that was an experience in and of itself they had a pretty extensive menu Um, I mean, like chicken wings, sandwiches, salads, quesadillas, like little finger foods, like chicken tenders, which is what I got because I was like, let me just keep it simple. I don't want to eat like a full blown sit down kind of a meal in the movie theater, (laughs) even though they offered stuff like that. Um, And I wasn't drinking that night, so I didn't get anything to drink. So I can't really attest to how that was. But You know, the seats were really roomy and comfortable, you know, have the electric um, button where you can lift up your your foot rest and lean back. Um, They had like the nice swivel tray in front of you. So, you know, you're nice and comfortable and and propped up while you sit while you sit and eat. And uh, we didn't get any popcorn, but I noticed that the popcorn was served in like a big metal bowl and it was um, unlimited refills. So you just press the button for more popcorn and they'll bring you more in the bowl, which is kind of nice. Um, we also noticed that on the menu, they have $5 under eye masks. So you can get a couple of those, put them on, moisturize your under eye <laughs> while you watch the movie. And I thought that was kind of cool. So like, you know, if you go like a Sunday brunch or something or go there for like Mother's Day, you can get like pampered while you watch a cool movie. So I thought that was nice. The um, I think in theory, a dine-in theater sounds really cool, but you know in actuality uh, like when you're sitting there it can get a little awkward so because people are pressing the button and ordering more things throughout the film so you have people walking by you know people are talking to the waiter you know people are like asking questions like does this have such and such on it does like it can get a little distracting right so that was kind of awkward Tanya and I were saying like they should make it so you have to order 
like in a certain time period and then once the movie starts then you're kind of out of of luck basically and if you want something you have to go to the concession so but I guess that might defeat the purpose of what they're trying to do of like having you be like pampered and you know waited on but you know when you're trying to watch a movie it can be a little bit distracting if you're not the one that's like doing the ordering at that time um and I'm sure it can be a little tricky for just the staff in general because after a certain point it's dark in there they're trying to you know serve food they're trying to answer questions but also keep it down so I can see how that would be just kind of kind of difficult job so I try to be as nice as I could um they did seem to be (laughs) a little it was weird because Tanya ordered her food for first and she, I wasn't ready when she placed her order. So a little bit after she placed her order, then I placed mine with a different waiter. She got her food, started eating and the movie was like the previews, I think were starting to get going and I still didn't have my food. So I was like, like, should I just wait? Like, I don't want to like harass them with this button, but I was like, I don't want to. I don't want them to come when the movie starts. So I did press the button. Someone else came over. Um, and I think I think they checked on me or either they checked on me. I can't remember now. It's a little confusing. But I think maybe by the time I was like pressing the button, wondering where my food was, I think it showed up and it was OK. It was pretty good. Um, just, you know, like slightly better than something you would get at a regular theater. Right. Um, but then at the end Tanya, you know, we were had separate checks. We pay for our own stuff. Tanya got her check and like gave her card to the girl and pay for her stuff. But nobody that assisted me with my order was coming towards the end of the movie. So the credits are running. We're wondering what we should do. It's like a little awkward because you don't want to like leave and they think you're trying to dine and dash or whatever. Um, but I nobody was like coming so I pressed the button somebody came but it was a different guy from anyone I dealt with that up until that point and I was like yeah like nobody's come to take my check she and I pay separately and I don't I haven't been able to pay and he's looking at my seat number and he has they have these little handheld things that they're you know processing everything on and he was like kind of struggling to find my order he was like what did you get and I was like I just got water and like chicken tenders and he was like um and after a minute he was like I'm just gonna comp it he was like this thing is too difficult (laughs) and I was like are you sure like I I'm not trying to like get free stuff here like and I but I guess whatever system they have these people working with it was a little too complicated and plus he wasn't even the one that took my order so I don't know if that's how it works you can just pull up anybody's but I got some free food and I was like, damn, had I known, I would have had a couple drinks, had all that popcorn. (laughs) So, but that was, that was kind of cool, but I'm sure that's not the norm. So I wouldn't let that sway you if, you know, that puts you over the edge of wanting to go, but I would recommend the theater um, overall. Um, It's, it's a cool crowd. People were pretty respectful there and the tickets really weren't that expensive. I mean, they were it's sad to say like oh they're under 20 bucks because I know back in the day they were like six seven dollars but that's still pretty good for what you're getting to me like a really comfortable spacious seat and a comfortable theater um and everything's clean and people are waiting on you so I didn't think it was that bad the food wasn't that expensive either but then again mine was free so (laughs) but I don't think Tanya paid too much for her quesadilla and she said her food was good so 
there's that that was the atmosphere review for you so now i the first go around of seeing barbie i thoroughly enjoyed it i knew immediately after finishing it that i wanted to go back and watch it um and just give it another go to really get my thoughts because i was a little surprised that after i saw the movie i wasn't as moved as i thought i was gonna be and i wasn't sure why i thought i kind of chalked it up to maybe i was a little distracted by like you know the dining experience and like the waiters going by and I don't know like I thought maybe that kind of took me out of it but then I went to a regular theater to see it for the second time and I was like no I'm just not as deeply moved and touched as some other people I've seen as some reviews I've seen as Tanya seemed to be um I'm not to say that you know I didn't enjoy it or I didn't understand the message or get the message of the movie but I don't feel like Greta Gerwig reached into my soul and like gave my inner little girl a hug like that's the impression I get from a lot of people who have seen this movie so full spoilers ahead Barbie is (laughs) the the overarching like theme that I gathered is you know it, it, it really hits hard in regards to the plight of woman and the patriarchy you know male female relationships how society treats women how women feel about themselves the pressures the stress the double standards um the impossible standards that 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 you know we're expected to live up to and you know that goddamn glass ceiling right so which is great you know it's great to see these topics being talked about I guess I was just surprised that this is the route that the movie took I you know for all the marketing that this movie (laughs) had and there was a lot I mean if if it could be collaborated with Barbie slap some pink on it okay toothbrushes you know grocery store products travel bags you know uh um luggage suitcases backpacks back to school stuff and it's not even back to school yet um food products fast food collaborations or like ice cream shops um obviously clothing sunglasses um cell phone covers like i mean there was just so much collaboration and there was so much collaboration within the movie I mean I can't even count how many sponsorships this thing had from like Birkenstocks to General Motors like there was a full-on Chevy commercial basically right smack dab in the middle of it um I mean obviously it wasn't like a real commercial but it was just so centered around this like um I looked it up it's like a new uh electric vehicle from Chevy and the whole scene was just like I mean you could easily just cut and paste that into like a spot on television and it's, it's just good to go um which is cool you know everybody wanted to get on board I mean and I was also surprised with how uh heavily involved Mattel was with all of this I mean obviously they would have to get permission and you know just 
just whatever to be able to portray Barbie and her likeness and everything. But like literally the company Mattel was represented in the movie with, um, you know, Will Ferrell being the CEO. Right. But I digress. I was saying that for all the marketing involved with this movie, like there was very little that was actually said over the last year and a half about what the movie was actually about. And I think that is what was so interesting about it because they gave you just enough with the promos um, and the little teaser trailers and all that leading up to it that you were just like oh my god like I, I can't what, what is this movie going to be about like it looks so fun and interesting what is it going to be so and I and I at first I thought like oh I'm going into this with zero expectations but I think I did have an expectation <laughs> I, I I went into it expecting it to be like kind of a typical story about like a fish out of water um you know the fish being barbie and you know the water being just her world and somehow i wasn't sure how she ends up in the real world and she has to navigate it and then find her way back home much kind of like you know wizard of oz kind of a thing and i thought that you know barbie was just barbie in her own world and that's all she knew but they're surprisingly self-aware like them being the barbies the barbies were very much aware that they were dolls the kins are aware that they're dolls they're aware that where they live is barbie land and they're also aware of the real world which was surprising i i wasn't expecting them to understand that there's a difference and understand that they are dolls being played with by the little girls who are in the real world now they are ignorant to what the real world actually is they full-on believe that they as barbies are doing the real world justice by inspiring women and they think that barbie land is a mirror image of the real world they think that you know them being <clears throat> them being in existence is you know just driving women forward and that women are doing exactly like Barbie does in the real world hold any kind of job um, have their own homes own their own cars have all the power and the respect you know that they deserve and you know they're not living in fear of men you know the men worship them basically <laughs> and you know they they kind of in the Barbies in Barbie land walk around and live their perfect lives feeling like they're an inspiration, you know, and that, you know, all the women back in the real world would be thanking them, right? Which is completely false. But just the fact that they are aware was kind of shocking. And the fact that um, there are certain people in the real world who are fully aware that Barbie land is an actual place. So just the, the two realms being aware of each other is not something I expected. I thought that Barbie would be shocked that there was real humans in a real world outside of Barbie land. And I thought that people, you know, everyone in the real world would be like shocked that this doll has come to life. So that wasn't the case. <laughs> And I think it kind of caught me by surprise and it, it took me a while the first time that I watched it to really wrap my head around what I was seeing because it was more magical than I thought it was going to be, a lot more playful than I thought it was going to be, a lot more silly than I thought it was going to be. 
Um, not necessarily in bad ways, but it, it just, I don't know. It just, it really kind of caught me by surprise the, the route that it took. It moved very, very quickly. I mean, you know, you're, you're seeing Barbie in her perfect world and suddenly her world starts crumbling around her. Things stop being perfect. She stops being perfect. There's that famous clip that went around before the movie came out where Barbie, as we know her, she's always on her tiptoes for her high heels. And then suddenly her heels are on the floor and, you know, they're like, oh my God, she has flat feet and they all freak out. So it's like little things like that are starting to happen to her. And she has to seek guidance from this exiled Barbie who lives up on a hill who they call weird Barbie and (laughs) she tells her that there's someone in the real world who is playing with her and she's sad and her sadness and negative thoughts are starting to seep into Barbie so much so that Barbie is actually like contemplating death and you know the end of her life for the first time ever which is very very jarring for her be jarring for anyone to suddenly just be thinking about that right so the weird barbie tells her that she needs to travel to the real world find the little girl who she assumes is a little girl um and cheer her up and remind her of you know how great she is so that things can get back to normal for barbie so barbie takes off and ken goes with her because you know ken is nothing without barbie and he didn't want to go he didn't want her to go without him so he stows away in her car they take this really you know cinematic pink journey to los angeles (laughs) and they go and they they seek out um you know the reason why uh barbie's world is crumbling so as soon as they touch down into the real world that's when i realize okay this is what this movie is gonna be about because both ken and barbie realize very early on very fast is that everything in the real world is flipped on its head compared to barbie land so they land on the beach in this roller skating outfit the both of them they're in neon um barbie has these tight biker shorts on and one of those um you know body suits on like a la 80s right and they're kind of skating down the boardwalk and they're looking and barbie notices that all the men are like ogling her and looking at her up and down you know you could tell they're just just being really kind of creepy right she's not used to that in barbie land the kins don't look at her like that you know the other women aren't looking at her like that it's a very supportive safe environment right so she starts to you know look around she's like why is everybody you know why are these men looking at me like this she's like i'm starting to feel like conscious but like of myself so she's becoming self-conscious right and you know she's you know she's just starting to feel really uncomfortable ken on the other hand he's really fit he's handsome he has bleach blonde hair he's on the beach people are kind of checking him out like oh who's this cool fit dude like he kind of fits right in he's starting to feel really self-assured of himself he's starting to feel really attractive and he's like he's like yeah they're not looking at me weird they're looking at me kind of you know like they respect me you know and he's like and there's no undertone of violence at all and then the line that barbie says is hmm, I'm, I'm sensing a sense of violence here because you know i think they're trying to drive home the point of like women 
you know, we're never fully comfortable just being out and about. There's always, you know, just a little sense of danger and, you know, violence lurking around any corner. You just never know, you know, we're not fully safe just being out there, which I understand. But to see it, <laughs> you know, with Barbie, it was like, wow. So it's really just like in your face. So they're they're going about their little mission to get things perfect again. And Ken at one point goes off by himself and as he's walking down the street he sees all these men and these men are like hey excuse me man excuse me sir excuse me sir and they're respecting him he sees these men they're these gym bros who are like high-fiving each other he sees these men in business suits um you know having meetings and he sees women being told to like basically buzz off and get out of their face and you know he sees these guys driving these big monster trucks and you know, he, he there's a TV screen and you see these male presidents and male this and male that. And it's completely a shock to his system. And he learns about patriarchy and it seems really, really cool to him. He, it, you know, it's all cowboys and and power. And he takes that and he goes back to Barbie land and he introduces patriarchy to the Barbies and to the Kens. Now, Barbie stays you know back she meets with Mattel who was expecting her because they need to get her back to Barbie land and in the midst of all this we get introduced to Gloria who was played by America Ferreira now Barbie had a vision um before she left of who she thought was the little girl she was supposed to find but it turns out the little girl is she's a teenager she's the daughter of Gloria and she actually wants nothing to do with Barbie she's you know she thinks Barbie is the problem um she and her other little teenage friends they actually kind of read Barbie for filth in their school cafeteria and they basically say she's part of the problem she's part of why women feel bad about themselves she sets an impossible standard and this is a complete shock to barbie system because she thought this whole time she was inspiring young girls everywhere in the real world and to hear that this is how they feel about her is devastating they call her a fascist to her face so she's completely upset um, she's crying for the first time ever. And when Mattel scoops her up and takes her back to the office, um, you know, at one point, that's where we, again, we get introduced to Gloria, who's the teenager's mom. She is like the assistant to the CEO of uh, Mattel, who is Will Ferrell. And you see her basically drawing some sketches of Barbie in scenarios that we have seen of Barbie earlier in the movie. So whatever emotional distress that Gloria is going through, it's translating into Barbie and that's the link. So Gloria ends up, I won't get into the, all the details, but Gloria ends up helping, you know, Barbie get away from Mattel and they go back to Barbie land together because Barbie's thinking well let me show Gloria Barbie land and she could see how great it is and how empowered women are and she won't be sad anymore and, and then they bring Gloria's daughter with her they get to Barbie land Ken has completely destroyed everything he has emboldened the Kens to make the other Barbie subservient 
they're wearing maid outfits they're bringing beer to the kins they're the kins have taken over all the dream houses and turned them into what did, what did, what did ryan gosling call it a mojo dojo casa house is what he called it and basically ken just read a bunch of books about what asshole patriarchy following men do and he just went one by one and just implemented all that crap into barbie land and the other kins just followed suit so the women were based the women the the barbies were basically brainwashed and things were looking how they do in the real world you know women not really having a say men controlling everything men calling all the shots men having all the jobs and it's it's really a sight to see like they really turn barbie land on its head so barbie's the only one you know who still had any sense left or one of the only ones so they basically work together to turn everything around which they do and uh the kins you know kind of learn their place now there's this moment towards the end of the movie where barbie basically you kind of get the sense that things are right in barbie land again but she's seen too much and felt too much in the real world um to kind of go back to just being blissfully ignorant about it um she actually does decide to uh become human and go to the real world and that's kind of where we leave her at the end of the movie which was another fanciful magical part of the movie that kind of took me away from it because I'm like really like Barbie can just become human like that's just me being kind of nitpicky I guess I mean I think I was struggling with just enjoying the movie for what it was and not being like a harsh film critic like I can be but it was kind of hard to do so especially when I wasn't expecting it to be like this now I found some kind of plot points that I felt like could have been elaborated on more and then maybe it would have felt a little better. Um, they have this whole thing about Gloria, which is America Ferrera again, um, you know, being upset, being sad, and that's translating into Barbie, but they don't really get into exactly why she's so upset. Because if you look at her life, I mean, she has a job. You could argue that, you know, she doesn't want to just be an assistant to the CEO of Mattel. Maybe she wants to be running things herself, but they don't really get into that too deeply. Um, you could argue that, you know, she has a teenage daughter who she used to be close to when she was little, but she she's getting older. And as teenagers do, they start to distance themselves from their mom. So she doesn't have her little girl anymore like she used to but I mean that's kind of a phase and to be expected when you have kids like she'll come back around eventually um she's married and it seems in her <laughs> my friend Tanya actually told me that the guy who portrays her husband in the movie is actually her husband in real life he just has like a couple of one-liners but I gather from just those couple of scenes he was in that he's a supportive husband and he loves his wife he loves his daughter and so I'm not really sure exactly where the personal sadness and anguish is coming from I guess it's just like a general thing of just the day-to-day -day draining 
you know, whatever, being a woman, I guess. But it just wasn't really elaborated on. I didn't understand why she was connected to this Barbie in particular. I don't know. It was just a little, a little iffy to me. Also, um, you know, at the end, I felt like they had an opportunity to, to kind of give Gloria a good ending. Um, there's a scene at the end where she pitches an idea to Will Ferrell, the CEO of Mattel. She's like, Hey, you know, what if we had a Barbie that was just like regular everyday Barbie? She's a mom, she works, you know, she, she finds a little bit of time for herself. She dresses casually and comfortably and, you know, she does her best. And at the end of the day, she feels kind of good about herself. You know, like basically she wanted a Barbie that I guess modeled after her and so many other women that she knows. And it was nice that they had that in there, but then Will Ferrell's character basically told her, no, that's a horrible idea. And then they just move on. And then at the end of the movie, once Barbie decides to become human, you just see Gloria chauffeuring, chauffeur, chauffeuring her around. And, you know, Barbie is starting the next phase of her life, which is essentially a gorgeous white woman in America. And Gloria, who is a person of color, you know, she's just going back to her regular life. Like there was no, there was nothing to tie up her story. I guess, you know, she and her daughter through the journey of what they went through with Barbie, they did get closer. But I would argue that that would have happened anyway when her daughter got a little bit older. Cause you know, as a daughter to a mom, I know that the growing pains are real and you butt heads a lot when you're a teen, but that's just normal stuff. You, you, as you get older, you get closer sometimes. I know that's not the case for everybody, but I don't think you need a magical Barbie journey to make that happen necessarily. So that was a little disappointing to me. Um, Now, there's this very important speech that Gloria gives in the middle of the movie when she's trying to give a pep talk to Barbie because Barbie is just, she's feeling powerless. She's feeling less than perfect. And that's all she's known her entire Barbie life. And, you know, she's feeling hopeless and, you know, Ken has started an uprising and she doesn't know how they're going to get out of it. So, you know, and Barbie gives, not Barbie, sorry, Gloria gives this really impassioned speech where she touches on, you know, all the contradictions that women face, all the expectations that are placed on us, um, like you have to be skinny but not too skinny you have to be pretty but not too done up you you know you have to um you know work really hard but not too hard because you want to make sure you have time for your family um you know you want to be a great mom but you know you don't you don't want to be too lenient too strict I forgot exactly what she said but it's just things like that right and I know this this speech like really caused a lot of tears and people were really just like so moved by it. And I, I agree with everything that this that she said in the speech. To me, it was just a little too on the nose and too point like just too pointed for me. Um, and then it, it was a little I don't know. It was a little frustrating because you have this woman of color who is soothing the white tears of this Barbie, you know? And I'm just kind of sick of seeing that. (laughs) And, 
you know, especially the fact that she didn't get any kind of, you know, real upgraded storyline in the end. Like there was no prize for her. There was no, there was nothing really. Like her life essentially just went back to normal. And if that's what was making her so sad in the first place, then what did she really get from this? So to me, that was just kind of, I guess that's why I couldn't really let that speech sink in as much as it did for other people. Um, Because I've been reading a lot of articles and that one scene is really driving a wedge apparently with women and their relationships with the men in their lives. So I guess <laughs> the new thing is people are going to be using this movie as a test to see where their heads where the heads are of people that they're dating. So I guess if you're, you know, your guy friends or your boyfriend, your husband, if they see this movie and they like roll their eyes at this scene, then you got to cut them loose. People, women have been saying that their boyfriend's opinion of this movie has literally caused them to want to break up. Now, some have admitted like, well, you know, we've been having issues before. This was just the nail on the head. But I guess, you know, if I can see that where, you know, if a man is sees this movie and he has no empathy for you or any other woman he should have it already I mean you know your man like I don't I I don't I think (laughs) I think it's a bit of a stretch to say that this movie caused that big of a riff because you should know your man right and I just can't see how you know he could be the man you want and the kind of man that would have empathy and understanding and you know, I mean, men are never going to fully understand what it's like to be a woman, but they should be, um, you know, they should have the desire to want to try to understand and be supportive regardless. So if you think you have that kind of man and then suddenly you see this movie and you find out he's not, that there's something really weird about that to me. <laughs> but I, in the flip side, I, I could see how that would be like upsetting if, you know, this particular, cause like I said, it's really in your face. It's really, really in your face and it doesn't paint men in a great light, but that's just what it is. Men don't paint themselves in a great light and it's, it's very stylized and exaggerated, but there are men who think they rule the world and women are just there to kiss their feet. <laughs> and, you know, they don't think very much of us and they, you know, they, that's just what it is. So, and I think that there are men who probably would be triggered by, you know, women who have a voice and who are strong and who are leaders and who don't take shit from them. I'm sure that they're triggered by this, but I don't feel like those kind of men are really watching this movie on their, of their own volition anyway. So I don't know. There's a lot of discourse right now with, (laughs) the plot that speech that that America Ferrer gives in general um but like I said it, it was a great message but I feel like the fact that she was saying it to this essentially this white woman it just kind of took me out of it now and then also like you know in Barbie land there's there's diversity in Barbie land there you know and just like there are with the real Barbies you have curvier Barbies you have different races you have you know uh different abled bodies um you know there's one in a wheelchair like they they just have a little bit of diversity in Barbie land you see it but really when it comes down to 
you know, my own representation on each side, the Ken side and the Barbie side, there were two prominent Barbies and Kens of color. Okay. And it was the same mirror image on the Ken side. There was a dark skin Ken who was very obviously black. And then there was a more racially ambiguous Ken. Those were like one of the, like two of the main characters. Same on the other side, the Barbies, there was a very obviously dark skin black Barbie who was played by Issa Rae and then there was like more of a racially ambiguous one and then that was it so you know while I am a woman and I understand the plight of woman and I understand the message that this movie was trying to get across I feel like it is different for black women and I feel like there's just no way that Greta Gerwig or Margot Robbie is going to be able to touch on all the nuances of the different aspects of being a different kind of women in this Barbie movie. So I think they did what they could, but I didn't feel deeply, deeply connected to it, I guess, as a black woman. And you know, this one guy said that <laughs> this Barbie movie is the white woman's Black Panther and they are just going feral for it. Now, I, I really had to think about my review and if I really liked the movie, I feel like it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. I think that, um, you know, all the actors that they chose were perfect. I have a newfound respect for Ryan Gosling because he played the hell out of Ken. Um, I don't, I feel like it takes a special kind of man, special kind of actor to really portray Ken and who he is because, you know, you, you think about Ryan Gosling and he's a little macho. He's very ripped. He's like a heartthrob. You know, women just go crazy over him. But I feel like he took that and flipped it. And, you know, he was this vulnerable kind of, um, in the beginning anyway, he was just this vulnerable accessory to Barbie. And he played it really well and he really leaned into it. And I've heard nothing but good things about him over the years in general, but especially during like the press tour for this movie, like everyone just, just said how great that he was. And I just, I just feel like that just shines through in his portrayal. I feel like Margot Robbie was really good. She was really sweet, really charming as Barbie, um, really funny, um, and all the other one, all the other supporting actors and actresses that were playing the Kins and the Barbies, I think they were really good as well. I think that they did the job. Um, Issa Rae in particular, she was President Barbie. Absolutely loved her, and sometimes she can get on my nerves, but she was one of my favorite Barbies. And um, Alan, <laughs> played by Michael Sarah, Alan was a, um, a lesser known not widely distributed doll that was like the friend the best friend of Ken and his character and the way Michael Sarah played him was like an underdog I wasn't expecting for him to be one of my favorite characters but he was he was the one Alan in a sea of Ken's and he when everything went to shit and Ken brought patriarchy back to Barbie land um Alan was having none of it first he tried to escape and then he fought with the Barbies against it to get everything going again so 
I guess if you want to look at it in terms of how you want your boyfriend to react to this movie, I guess you would want him to identify more with Alan than with post-patriarchy Ken, um, which I can definitely understand. Um, I think that the movie was really bright and vivid and it had some musical numbers (laughs) that were surprising but amazing at the same time. And, you know, it's not too long of a movie. It's an easy watch. Um, It looks really great. I I feel like, you know, Greta Gerwig really, really takes you into the world of Barbie and you feel like you're there. And, you know, I, 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 I guess I'm just not a Barbie girl. And I never really was. I don't, I don't, never had a Barbie. I played Barbies because they were around at other friends' houses. And, you know, but I was, I came to a realization yesterday, I was talking to my grandma, I did play Barbie, but it was virtually, I remember playing Barbie video games, <laughs> which kind of tracks because I still love video games. But as far as being a Barbie girl, that's kind of where it stopped for me. Um, and on an introspe- introspective, like deeper level, I was getting like being kind of hard on myself at first because I didn't immediately love this movie it didn't shoot to the top of my favorites list immediately like I thought it would and I was seeing how all these other women were touched and I felt I'm not gonna lie like I felt a little broken like am I cold am I heartless am I secretly not a feminist like what is wrong with me why is this not touching me very very deeply and I just I, I was I was looking I think I'm I'm very blessed, very fortunate and privileged to say that my inner child, the inner little girl in me, she had a great upbringing. I was always told that I can do anything I want. I was always told that, you know, sky's the limit. My dreams, my interests, you know, they were always supported, if not, you know, teased a little bit, (laughs) but always supported. Um, I was constantly and I'm still constantly always told how proud people are of me, um, told I'm beautiful, told I'm smart. And, you know, I, I think I've joked about this before, like, I think like the confidence my mom worked really hard to instill in me it it, it runneth over sometimes <laughs> but I I couldn't really identify I guess in the movie with you know this doll being that vessel of all that confidence for little girls everywhere um because I didn't get it from that I got it from you know my my family I get it from myself and it's grown within myself because I've worked on it. And I hope that doesn't sound like selfish or out of touch, but I, I, I'm just trying to be honest and real about, you know, where I'm coming from as it relates personally for me in this movie. Um, I I know this woman, this, this movie can kind of, I can see how it could put you in your feels um, in regards to maybe your relationship like with your mom maybe your relationships with your sisters. I don't have sisters. Um, And my mom and I get along great now. She's my best friend. And, 
you know, of course, growing up, we had our moments, but I think that's almost like a rite of passage. But I know that's not like that for everyone. So I can see how it could touch on some some wounds for some people. Um, but I, I, I don't think I could really relate to this in that way either. And yeah, I, I think I just, I just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, Cause that's just something I've been thinking about since I've seen it a couple of times this week. And I don't know if that's like a bad thing or what. And I'm, and I, and I don't want to say that to mean that I don't understand that, you know, I'm, I'm still faced with adversity as a woman. Like I'm not saying I'm exempt from any of it. I think just with some of the messages in the movie, it just doesn't touch home for me. And that has to be okay. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to feel bad because I don't have a, a, an expected reaction to a movie. It's a movie, you know, regardless of what it talked about or how well it does in the box office or even what I think about it. Like we all have our lives to live. We're going to carry on. And that's what it is. You know, Greta Gerwig isn't, you know, a savior with this film (laughs) so and I guess you know you're probably wondering well Jesus what did you think did you like the movie or not (laughs) I liked it I liked it I would recommend if only because I'm I'm interested to see what different people think of this movie I would recommend you to go see it um, two times in the theater is my limit. I can definitely let some time pass now and then maybe stream it at home with, you know, people who haven't seen it before to get their opinion. Because I think if anything, it's a very, it's, it's a good movie. That's like opening up the floodgates of a lot of different conversations, which I do like. Um, but I think I've just been inundated since it released with just all the pros and all the positive thoughts and all the, oh my God, like Greta Gerwig, she just, it's like she read my diary and just, you know, all that. I, I want to see some other opinions too. And I don't know if any of you have seen the movie, maybe you have some of the similar thoughts that I do. Let me know, tweet me, hit me up on Instagram text me if you have my number I'd be really interested to know if anyone has similar thoughts to me or maybe you think I'm crazy you think I'm a cold heartless anti-barbie bitch I don't know (laughs) I've been holding that in all week all week (laughs) and that's it that is this week's show I wanted it to be 100% Barbie focused. I wanted to get my review out there, get a few things off my chest and maybe spark a conversation for any of you guys who are listening right now. I, oh man, I feel like I completed some kind of a mission because, you know, I've been anticipating this movie for so long. Tanya and I had this on our calendars to go see for months and months and months it seems like and now it's here and now it's over (laughs) so it feels really strange because I you know I know I I, it didn't turn out to be like this mind-blowing film for me but it was highly anticipated like I was just I mean I was telling people I was going to go see this movie every chance I could get. So it's kind of funny that in reality and at the end of it all, this is 
how I feel about it. But, you know, say la vie. Say la vie. It wasn't bad. It wasn't amazing. It was a movie. And that's all I can really say about that. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'll catch y'all next time. Bye. Hey guys, if you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. From the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate it. Now there's a new episode every Sunday, so be sure to come on back for another round of Vodka Melonade. Bye.